This is Gramercy, the podcast that highlights the stories of those who live and work on the margins of society. I'm your host, Corey Malad. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. Welcome to Season 1. This season highlights the stories of immigrants and refugees from all around the world, as well as some organizations that work with and for these beautiful people. I have a very brave guest to introduce to you today. She is an illegal immigrant who made the treacherous journey from her home in Honduras to reunite with her husband in Colorado. For today's purposes, my guest will be using an alias to protect her identity. I will be calling her Mary. Mary is doing an incredibly courageous thing by sharing her story with us. She wants people to know what it's like being an undocumented immigrant in the United States. This interview was hard for her. I could see in her face the memories she was reliving. I have the utmost respect for Mary. Eleanor Roosevelt says, You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you stop and look fear in the face. Mary has done this. Here's her story. Welcome, Mary. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you, Cory, for inviting me. Would you mind sharing with us what it was like to grow up in Honduras? Uh, I grew up in Tegucigalpa. This city is the capital capital from Honduras. It's a big, well, it's not a big city, but it's different to live in a small town. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, Tegucigalpa is, uh, has many beautiful places you know, around it. And I have a many memorable moment with my family over there and my mom especially because mm-hmm. when I was a little and she always bring me to a different park around to Tegucigalpa or out of Tegucigalpa and it's amazing you know to grow up over there. When I was there it's a little different to right now because it's not many violence mm-hmm. and I can enjoy my childhood and my teenage years time, you know, mm-hmm. because, but right now I think everything is very different after 20 years. The violence has just violence. gotten worse and worse. Yes. Yeah. When I decide to move to United States is because I want to get better opportunities, better life, and feel more free, mm-hmm. you know, not to be scary to be around to somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and give you a better opportunities to my daughter. Because in that time, my daughter was eight years old when so I decided to move. You moved by yourself with your daughter? And I left her in Honduras with my parents. I can't imagine how hard that was. It was so hard. It was oh so hard, goodness. believe me. I think that one was the most hard part of my life, you know, mm-hmm. to leave my daughter behind. And you didn't know what can happen in the, in yeah. the you know, in your trip, everything can happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I got the courage to do that because I want something different, you know. It's amazing what love drives us to do. Out of love for your daughter, you risked everything. How many years were you guys apart before you were able to bring her with, um, with you? 
like maybe five years. Five years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't imagine. My mom heart is just breaking for you right now. Actually, Corey, the first couple of years for me was very struggle mm-hmm. with depressed, you know, mm-hmm. because every day I always think about my daughter. When I moved to Colorado in 2000, we don't have all the opportunity we have right now mm-hmm. to like uh, internet, um, mm-hmm. WhatsApp, Messenger, you know, Facebook. We yes. don't have all that kind of things, you know, before that. And I don't have the ability to call my daughter or to see her, you know. Yeah. In that moment, to go, to call Honduras was very, very expensive. Yes, long distance calls long were very expensive. Yeah, I don't think we know about long distance calls anymore because no, everything's I don't free. think our teenagers know that. No, you they know? don't. But what a difference that makes. Like yeah. now, you can talk to people in any country over WhatsApp, and it's free. But you weren't able to do that when you came. So there would be long stretches of time when you couldn't even call home. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't have the uh, ability not to call her because we don't Mm -hmm. have money, enough money to Mm -hmm. call her. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes you have to take a risk, you know, to if you want to do something else, you know. I never figured out when I took the decision to come how hard it's gonna be to leave my family. And I never expect to didn't see him them for like 20 years. Oh, I imagine. You, you probably couldn't have done it if you knew it was gonna be 20 years before you saw probably him. Probably no. Probably no. I didn't took that no. decision, but. What bravery. Mary, you are so brave. Sometimes I feel weak, but when I see my journey and my story behind to me, I say, no, I'm not. not. I'm not. I'm strong. When I start my journey, I contact somebody to help me, you know, Mm -hmm. and took me two months to be here in the United States. So your journey took you from Honduras to the United States, to Colorado, two months. Two months. Are you willing to share what that journey was like? <sighs> wow. Because you know what is important about this? Too many people have the false assumption that immigrants come here mm-hmm. to just abuse and use the system. They don't hear stories like yours and what you sacrificed to come here for opportunity. Most everybody who has moved to the United States from any country in the world has come Mm -hmm. for more and better opportunity. Mm -hmm. I know that's your story as well, but I think it would really soften people's hearts to hear the trials that you endured to have that same freedom. Mm -hmm. Well... I took the decision in November 15, 1999, to move uh, to United States to have a better opportunities. And my brothers, my older brother, moved, uh, take me, took me to um, El Salvador, mm-hmm. to the border, to and somebody's waiting for me over there. Mm-hmm. And 
we moved from El Salvador to um, some place, you know, to get, uh, to waiting for, move forward to Guatemala. So you're waiting for coyotes at every step of the way. And I'm sure it costs quite a Cost bit of money. a lot of money in that yeah. moment, yeah. Yeah. But first of all, my husband was here. He, he, he moved one year before to me, but he got a visa. He moved fly from Honduras to here. Uh-huh. He already was here. Okay, just being away from your husband for a year had to be horrible. <laughs> Man. Yeah. But when I was in, in El Salvador, the coyote made a big mistake. Um, he find somebody to help him to get a false visa uh-huh. to cross Mexico. Uh-huh. And when we moved in the bus, the police stopped the bus. Oh, no. And they asked about our passport, you know. Uh-huh. You can travel Central America with passport to Guatemala, um, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. Panama. All mm-hmm. the place you can uh, travel in Cent- with a passport. In Central America. In Central America, okay. right. And they just stop us and ask about our passport. We bring, we give it to them, and they figure out that visa is inside. It's false. And we didn't know. So you gave him your legitimate passport, and but inside, inside of it was a fake visa. Yeah. Oh, no. Fake. And so, oh my goodness, after that, they request us to get out from the bus and take us to the jail. I would have been so nervous, I would have been throwing up. <laughs> what were you like? Were you shaking and crying, or were you I just start crying and thinking? And oh my goodness, if this start here, what can I wait for more forward? You know, mm-hmm. and scary. And because my family, nobody know, know what happened. They won't know where you are, that you're in El Salvador? Mm, mm, no. And we was in the El Salvador for like two days in jail. I bet your husband felt horrible. He didn't know. He didn't know. Because I don't have it. Uh, I can call him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the whole time, what are you thinking while you're in jail? <sighs> Trying to call my family in mm-hmm. Honduras and maybe come back because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, you know, continue. But that same way, I think about it, what I want to for my daughter and and still. Um, the coyote contacts a lawyer and they release us for after two days, but. We was in the news. Sent. <laughs> oh my so your pictures and everybody. I don't in the know news? if you, I was in the picture. <laughs> Honestly, I uh. didn't know, but I know the news. They was mm-hmm. taking the information about it, you know, because something may be different from mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. Um was a very hard time, no. So how did you decide to keep going instead of go back home? And what did you do? Did you stay with that same coyote or did you 
find something new? No, I still stay with the same person and because we already paid some to him. Mm-hmm. And we don't, if we, we find somebody else, we have to lose the money and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we continue after we're still in Salvador for a couple of days until everything is gonna be quiet, you know, mm-hmm. and he need to release what he can do it. After that, um, I I can't remember very well how many days we was in, in El Salvador, but after that we moved to Guatemala until to Tapachula, Mexico. Mm-hmm. In Tapachula, we need to cross the river and the rafting uh, falls. Uh huh to cross the river at night. Oh my goodness. Do you know how to swim? Nope. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, but um, sometimes when I remember I'm trying, don't cry, you know, because mm-hmm. if I see back, it's horrible. Oh. All the journey, sometimes people need to do that, you know. Um, after that, we moved from Tapachula to Mexico, yeah. Mexico to Hermosillo, Hermosillo to Aguascalientes. In Aguascalientes, we have to wait for cross the border. I never expect to stay for my Christmas time in 1999 in Aguascalientes. Oh my Agua Prieta, sorry. That was your Christmas. That was my Christmas. I didn't have a chicken. I didn't have a turkey. I just eat uh, like a, a tortillas with frijoles, and that's all what we eat for so Christmas. Did you become close friends with anybody in your group, or was it kind of like mm. every man for himself? Well, something what I really remember about our group: everybody helped all together. Something happened. One. Is concern everybody. Good. I got a couple friends, you know, and if we move somewhere, every, I have somebody around me, good. you know, and that was good. amazing. So what did it feel like when you finally crossed over into the United States? Relief oh. flooded you? Or were you still afraid? Release. Release. Yeah. For one way, but another way is something new, very different. Mm, yeah, uh, so different from your culture. Oh yeah. Now you have now I have to learn a brand new culture and a brand new language. Did you know any English before no, you came? A little bit. Did you take English in school? Yes. Yeah. So yes. you had the basic knowledge. But yeah, I have it some knowledge from. Wow. My husband waiting for me in California. Um, the journey it was taken supposed only to uh, 15 days when we co- talked to the coyote. And instead it took two months. two months. No wonder you're such a patient person. <laughs> you have to learn sometimes <laughs> on purpose. You never know, you know, sometimes I think it's God put you in some ways to learn something. Mm-hmm. That's my, what I think. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from this journey? 
I learned to be a little patient to help other people. Um, life is not easy, yeah. but sometimes you need to take decision. Mm-hmm. If you did it for some purpose, you can do it. So your daughter motivated you this whole experience. It was doing this for your daughter, and you'll get there, make a better life, and bring her with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I wish I had your courage. <laughs> I wish I did. I don't know that I could have done that. Well, sometimes you feel that you cannot do it, but believe me, if you have a purpose, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so motivational. Man. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's bringing back kind of hard memories to deal with. Did you have any trauma from that that you had to work through over time and let go of Something what I can I remember as the first time when we tried to cross the border, we walked like almost 22 hours just walking. We can't stop and we didn't figure out where we was, you know, because mm-hmm. we didn't know that, yeah, the place and anything. And that, that times can be hard for me because some of the person who is help to guide us, mm-hmm. he tried to bat me. Mm. But tried, but did not succeed. No. Good. He didn't because all the person around me, um, trying to hit him. Mm. Was I'm glad they took care of you. Awful experience. Sometimes it is when you hear uh, the news about people moving from anywhere mm-hmm. and you already passed that, you remember all what you did. And you, when I, like, the caravanas from Honduras yes. last two years, you know. Yes. I always say, God, protect them. Protect women, protect kids, because you never know. Why do people want to take such advantage of such disadvantaged people, of people trying to better their lives? And there's always somebody out there trying to take advantage of that. Because, and in my case, that person was um, drunk. Oh in that moment and um, I think me was one of the most younger person mm-hmm. in that group mm-hmm. and maybe he thinks something easy yeah but yeah but the people banded together and they were not going to let that happen to you I'm so glad yeah Today's podcast is brought to you by the Immigrant and Refugee Center of Northern Colorado, making Northern Colorado a home for all who live here. Whatever circumstances brought you to Northern Colorado, we are so glad you're here now. IRC NOCO is here to help you find your way. We want to be the doorway through which cross-cultural sharing and experiences occur. Whether you are new to this area or you are a part of the receiving community, We want to be your resource for information and services related to moving our community forward together. Through information sharing, dialogue, and events where we can all come together as one, we are investing into our shared prosperity. Empower. Connect. 
advocate. Learn more at www.ircnoco.org. So what were your first days like after moving here? <laughs> well, I see everything is different from Honduras, you know. Everything is more like a organized, you know. Uh-huh. Like in Honduras, we had many, uh, how can I say? It's more bigger, you know, than I expect, you know, mm-hmm. um, many people. And I'm afraid about the language the first couple first month no years you know yeah because it's not something uh, it's normal for me you know mm-hmm. but um, we have my husband have family here and they help a little bit to us Good. have you ever experienced racism while you've lived in the United States or any type of discrimination well in something I can remember in 2000 Six, I think. I I was working and cleaning office. The manager for the company, he was, oh my goodness, amazing person. Mm-hmm. I always told him he is like my angel. Oh, was this kind of person you always want to be in your side in your life? Mm-hmm. He opened his heart. He opened his arms to welcome to me and my family. Wow. I always remember the first time when I had an interview with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, come. Come to my house. Give me a hug. Oh. If you start to working with me, you're going to be part of my life and part of my family. Oh. And her wives do that same thing. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I feel like it's, you know, value, you know. Yes. Because when you find people like that, mm-hmm. you feel uh, appreciated, mm-hmm. you know. You could say, I always remember he told me, you are not just a housekeeping to my house. You are part of my family. Mm. And, wow. and I keep talking to him after many years. So you're still in touch with yeah, him. Yeah. And he's, you still have a relationship. We still have that relationship. What a genuine gift that is. Yeah. How lucky you are. Yeah. I to always feel blessing about my employers because I always had great persons in my life. Good for you. I'm so glad. Um, person who opened the heart to take the time to talk to me and lunch or ask me how I feel, how's my kid, mm-hmm. how's my husband. Mm-hmm. And one time he hired a lady to help him in the office. Um, but before that, no women's in the office, just men. Mm-hmm. And I always bring my little boy to the office to help me, oh, like clean up the chairs and yeah. do something, you know, because yeah. it let me, you know. He said, I don't care. You, you can bring him, it's okay for me. But that lady doesn't like the idea. 
In that moment, I feel discrimination. I am going to the, uh, start to do my job with my son, and she looked at me like, who are you? Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Why do you bring your son? Uh, what he doing here? He's, he start to be like me. She start to be mean with me. Had she ever done that before? No, because I never met her before. Oh. I think she complained about me. And the next week, when I come back to clean the office, it called me to the office. It say, um, I have a question for you. And say, yes. I don't remember the name for the lady. But he asked me if she was mean with me. And I try to don't complain, no, because I don't, I don't, I not be like that kind of person. Mm-hmm. But he, he told me, tell me the truth. And I say, yes, why? Because she complained about you bring him to the office. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about her. I already tell her, fearful to get out from this place before you. Wow. Wow, he was your champion. He's going to fire somebody else before he's going to let anybody take advantage of you. Yes. And what an did. amazing man. Yes. And in that moment, I, I wow. say, wow. It's amazing to have somebody, you know, take care of you. Yes, to feel that valued, like you say. And like you said, he sounds like your guardian angel. Yep. The lady to not like the idea, she left the job. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't can remember, but she didn't stay for longer. Well, that's her problem, mm-hmm. not yours. Yep. Wow. I'm so glad to hear of good people like that, that we normally only hear the stories of the mean people, but I'm so thankful that you shared a story of somebody who's actually doing good and helping and loving and showing kindness. I think there's more people out there like that. We just don't hear the stories. Yeah, we need to, I think we need to, um, to show that people we have good people around us. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to go back to see your family? Never. You never, never have gone no. back. But do yeah. you get to visit with your mom and your family often on the phone? The most difficult things in this year living here has been that my mother died in 2010. Oh. And I couldn't see her again. And also, not be available to have my five brothers, niece, nephews, mm-hmm. and my family again. Mm. That's so. the most hard part. Mm-hmm. Um, grateful, I feel grateful. My dad came to United States. He got his visa, and he visited me like three or four times already. Wonderful. I had the opportunity to see him again yeah. and share with him new things you know uh-huh. and remember have a you know take time to remember many things yeah
But you had no idea the day you left that you would never come back. No, Corey. Oh. I think if I noted that, I, yeah. I don't know if I would take that decision. Yeah. Because something what I can share with you, mostly of the people when they have plans to move from any country, they we always say, Okay, we're going to go work for two years and come back to our country mm -hmm. and make our life over there again. Mm -hmm. But it's not happening. No. Something didn't happen, you know. Especially when you start to have a your own family here. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to move then to another country, another culture, another mm -hmm. different kind. You know? mm -hmm. Especially with the violence mm -hmm. now in Honduras. I don't think to I get that risk to do that from my kids. So does your daughter still remember Honduras? Yes. She does. She does. Yeah. Yeah. But she's lived here longer now. She's Four. 15 years now in 15. here. Okay. So just barely a bit longer, huh? Uh -huh. Wow. This, the choices you have to make, it's almost like there's not really a good one. You just have to make the best of what's available to you almost. Mm -hmm. Is that what it feels like? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then hope for the best. Yep. So if losing your mom was the hardest thing about moving here and not getting to go back to see her, what has been the best thing about moving here? <laughs> the best thing here is because it's a Con it's a quiet country and feel and feel free without without fear unlike Honduras. You have better opportunities if you work hard and you get shit many things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for example, in my case, my daughter Fiamma moved to USA in 2005 and graduate from high school. And thank God, firstly, and with the support of her principal and teacher, she managed to apply and win a scholarship. Oh, congratulations. I can't imagine how excited you were. As a legal. Legal? Illegal. Illegal, like a DACA yeah. scholarship? No. no. She got a scholarship for paid to the state uh, her study for business in college. And so what is her occupation now? Well, right now she's working in human ser uh, human resource. Fantastic. Yeah. So all your hard work paid off for her and showed her how to work hard um, through school. And then she got rewarded for that with an amazing scholarship. And now she has a fantastic job. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's I the... I can say... Is I did it. Yes, know? yes, I did it. You're a proud mom, and you should be. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now I have my old two kids, mm -hmm. two more kids, and I they grow up here and they have opportunities, you know. Mm -hmm. and they're citizens. They're citizens. Mm -hmm. They're citizens here. Good. And we waiting maybe someday. Um, Politics change their mind, and they give you as the opportunity to be a citizen you know, someday, hopefully. And because it's not easy, Corey, to live in this country without paper. I imagine it's 
it is hard. Believe me, it is hard. Especially, I released like a month ago. I was scared for like 16 years mm -hmm. because I need to drive it. I need to drive around everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. without a license. Without a license. Right now, I'm, I got my license. Yeah. Thanks. But you were scared before. But before that, I was scared to go to explore, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't want to be in trouble, especially because I have my kids, my, my mm -hmm. little kids, you know, I don't want something happen to me. Yeah. And who gonna take care of them, you know? Uh-huh. Now I feel more confident because I say I cannot live all the time that by that way. Yeah. Living in fear. It's constantly has to do something horrible to you. It is. It must make you sick a lot. Like, do you get many headaches or stomach aches because of that fear? The stomach ache. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It catches up to us, to mm -hmm. our bodies, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So how did you feel or how have you felt when you see in the news all of these parental separations happening mostly at the, the border? Mostly crying and crying. Oh, I imagine. I'm crying. I bet you can feel it in a way that other people, like we can't. I mean, I'm crying out of incredible sadness for what these families are going through and children specifically and the trauma that they're going to grow up with. But you're crying because you've experienced that personally. And then the fear is always there that somebody could come take your kids, isn't it? Yeah. It's horrible. I, can't I cannot imagine, imagine it how... You know, sometimes it's like you have to take a decision, you know, for better life or better opportunity for your kids. But uh, at the same way, I cannot imagine in this time to move it from from wherever you came with your kids or mm -hmm. little kids, you know, because many things can be happening in the journey you know mm -hmm. um, I always when I see the news and start to crying and praying for the people you know yeah God guide them and help them and provide them you know mm -hmm. because they need it they need support you know sometimes people is me you know in different ways mm -hmm. Um, it is hard. It is hard to watch. It's hard to watch our government treat human lives so indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas or ways that um, we can show more solidarity with the immigrants at the border? I don't know. Maybe if the government help people, like I give you the opportunity to come to legal, you know, work for some time. Maybe people came here for like a couple of years and come back to the country, you know. Something like that, you know, because it is hard when you left your family behind, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe that way can help people to stay over there, you know, and just come for work for some time and come back. So work visas... More work visas would mm -hmm. be really helpful. Yes. Instead of the need to feel that you have to come over illegally. Mm -hmm. If you could do it legally with work visas, easier. Yes. Most people would probably choose that, you say? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But 
right now they have too many requirements to get a visa. You know, mm-hmm. not all the people can have it, afforded to do that. Mm-hmm. And if it's something more accessible, can have it. Mm-hmm. Maybe people didn't want to come illegal and pay to Coyote. You know, men, mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yes. What is the most important thing you would like people to know about you? I am a care person. I'm a strong woman. <laughs> I'm you are trying. Very, you are very I'm strong. Um, I believe in God. I really, really believe in God. So He because, has gotten you through all yes. of this. I know God has a purpose in your life, and everything around you is with purpose. And if you have God, everything is more easy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Him, things are going to be more hard to figure out. So you are strong in faith, yes. strong in character, and strong in mind, it sounds like. Strong is the best description of you, Mary. <laughs> well, Cody, I'm trying. Sometimes <laughs> it is hard. Life put it in many ways, but... I figured out I'm a strong woman. Good, good. And we can only figure out those things when we're put in those situations That's to find right. out. Isn't That's it true? Right. That's true. Well, you have my utmost respect. Thank you, Glory. All right. We're at our last three questions. We've made it to the end. <laughs> oh, wow. No more nervous? No, You're good? no more. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So what is your best tip for making the world a better place? Help all together. Mm, be more friendly. Be more respectful. Whatever you think, I need to be respectful. What you think? Um, be kind. Yes. You know, be nice. Doesn't matter what, who, what is your situation or how people treat you. Mm-hmm. It has to make a difference. You has to be different, you know, mm-hmm. and you had the choice to do that. Yes, we do. That's pretty empowering. Yeah, isn't it? Excellent advice. What are you the most thankful for? I thankful for my family, for my kids, and for had the opportunity to live, to feel free in this country, mm-hmm. to be here, and someday. I would like to see my family again. Yes. I want you to be able to as well. (laughs) Do you have a favorite quote? Favorite quote? It can be in Spanish or English. With God, everything is possible. With God, everything is possible. That's a fantastic quote. Can you say that in Spanish for me too? Con Dios todo es posible. Well, it just sounds better in Spanish to me. (laughs) Is there anything else you would like to share? Any, anything of importance that you want people to know? Uh, if you had the opportunity to be here and, and to come to the United States, work hard, be honestly, um, never forget all the people you left behind you. Mm. Because sometimes... Mm. We forgot about our origin, our our 
people, our family, and you never know what life can be in front of you. Yeah, for sure. Always remember who you are and where you came from. That is excellent advice. I tell my kids that all the time. I bet you tell your kids that. I always do that. Yes. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's just beautiful. Thank you, Mary, for sharing your story, for explaining the hardships that you went through to come here. I value you greatly, and I do not take it lightly that you shared something so personal with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Corey, for inviting me. It was a pleasure and an a great experience to be here and share my story and hopefully somebody can hear you and be inspired you know and never give up you know mm-hmm. whatever you want to do it do it excellent it's no it's no like you can afford it whatever you want you should be a motivational speaker <laughs> Many people told me that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe really I can think about it. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Okay, good. Good, good. Thank you, Gary. Mary exudes happiness and joy despite her life circumstances. Actually, she probably exudes that happiness and joy because of her life's circumstances. We had a wonderful visit. After I turned the recorder off, she was telling me another story that touched my heart so much. I asked her later if I could re-explain the story, and she gave me permission to share it with you. Mary became pregnant with her daughter at age 17 while still living in Honduras. This news broke her mother, who kicked Mary out of the house. Mary ended up going to live with an uncle. She had to quit school and go to work. Right before the baby was born, though, Mary's mother had a change of heart and she welcomed Mary back into the house. As we learned from her story, Mary's mother ended up watching Mary's daughter for five years before Mary was able to bring her daughter back to the U.S. Before Mary left for her perilous journey to the States, her mom begged her to forgive her for how she treated her when she was pregnant as a teenager. Mary looked directly at her without any malice, resentment, or anger and said, No, Mom. I can't forgive you because there is nothing to forgive. You gave me a great gift. You helped me to become strong. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for you. This depth of forgiveness astounded me. She retold this story with such kindness in her voice. She truly is thankful for that hardship because of the character it produced in her. She feels that her mom never fully forgave herself. I haven't been able to stop thinking about this story. What I learned from Mary is that forgiveness is freeing. Mary is not a victim of her circumstances. She refuses to be. She is a brave and strong and kind and smart woman. Which of course reminds me of a quote by Winnie the Pooh. You are braver than you believe, stronger than you know, and smarter than you think. Thank you, Mary, for sharing your story with all of us. Thank you for listening to Gramercy. Remember, there is no them, just us. See you down the road.